0: Welcome to the MCAT Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today, via the magic of the internet, we're joined by David Kozlowski, one of the co-founders of Gearhouse Brewing Company. Thanks for joining me, David.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris. great to be back on uncapped again
0: it's been quite some time i think it was at least yeah. two years right
1: right yeah I, I think we did this when we were in our first year of being open and john Burroughs had actually scheduled and surprised me
0: oh yeah that's right <laughs> good old johnny boy um yeah i need i need to have him back on again soon it, people always love hearing him banter
1: yeah he's got some interesting points of view
0: So in those two years, as should be expected with any successful brewery, you've had a lot go on during that time.
1: Yes. Uh, In fact, the other day was our one-year anniversary from our new system being installed, well, delivered, and then subsequently installed. Uh, We started brewing on the 15-barrel system from ABS that we got uh, the end of June in 2019. So we're coming up on our one-year brewing anniversary with the new system. However... Uh, since March, uh, we've been running at about half capacity for most of our batches. Uh, we've slowed down production quite a bit and sales have been also relatively slow for us, but we have been open for curbside to go pick up both for food and beer. And in Pennsylvania, we are allowed to actually distribute beer personally, as well as deliver beer personally to, uh, residents and, uh, consumers at locations throughout the state, as long as they have permission from that location
0: that's crazy it's been a year already because i actually whenever i saw you post about getting a new system installed i i thought like oh we got to get david back on that was one that was early on and it was an extremely popular episode people wanted to learn about you guys so i was like oh i got to get him back on to talk about that and it took almost a whole year i'm kind of a bad person
1: (laughs) <laughs> Timing is great because we literally just the other day finally got our non non-residency brewery permit for the state of Maryland. So this month here in June, we will beginning, we will begin getting beer down into Maryland. We're gonna probably start closer to us around the Hagerstown area. Uh, but we are interested and have reached out to Craft Coalition as well. Uh, we're hoping that maybe we might be able to work with them some and spread some of our beer sales down throughout the state without having to take up our time for transportation and delivery and driving to and from all those corners.
0: Okay, that's good because my first question was going to be, obviously, are you going to send some to Frederick? Because Yes, I'm yes pretty, ultimately you will. Yes. I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty single-minded and asking any brewery about when their beer will end up in Frederick to save myself from having to drive anywhere.
1: Yes, so similar to us having to upgrade our system prematurely, sooner than we had expected, uh, we also started canning beer much sooner than I had anticipated or planned on. Uh, Because our sales in cans are a lot easier for the consumer, especially as to-go packaging and curbside pickup, uh, growlers and crawlers have still been selling, but cans are definitely hot. Uh, So we have had Ironheart on site, and we have done four canning runs already with them, Since December of 2019 and now we have another one scheduled actually for June 10th and I have some samples that I'd like to show off if you're interested of the three new beers that we have coming as well as three beers that we just actually canned last week
0: so I I actually just received a text message from someone at District East saying that they placed their first gear their first gear house order yes. yes
1: they follow my wife aaron and they've been pushing very very hard they're very interested in having our beer in their area and i don't blame them uh but they carry a lot of great brands also and it would be nice to be part of their lineup too
0: so unfortunately i don't think this will be coming out in time where i could say we're breaking that in <laughs> news first yeah, no. that you'll be able to go to district east at some point um but if you probably have been able to go to District East to pick up some gear, I guess it, I mean, I guess really it depends on how quickly all of that can happen. I don't know, right? Logistically, how, how fast, working. but but the, but there has been an order placed by District East, to, yes, yes, <laughs> from they you. They have to...
1: requested a pre order, yes. So <laughs> I was just informed by our sales manager today.
0: That's funny.
1: <laughs> Thank you guys. We look forward to serving you and getting more gear to you as soon as we can.
0: So, um, you had said that you were forced to upgrade your system. Was that, did you have some kind of failure or was it because just from being able to keep up with the demand for your beer?
1: Yes. Demand had been growing for us. Uh, we had been open for about two and a half years when we made the decision to go ahead and upgrade our brew house. We had started with a five barrel direct fire system. Most of it was made by stout tanks and kettles. Uh, they're based in Oregon. I want to say. And we sold that system to another brewery that actually just got opened earlier this year, Juniata Brewing Company. Uh, they are now using that system for the most part. We were able to also sell a couple of our fermenters in a bright tank down to Vanish. And they're using those for some special projects they have in the works down the road. Uh, and then we bought our brand new 15-barrel brew house, which included a 30-barrel hot liquor tank, a 30-barrel cold liquor tank that we use for wort chilling and sanitizing. Uh, And then we have five 15-barrel fermenters and three 15-barrel brights.
0: So you had a pretty substantial upgrade.
1: Yes. Uh, And we took the opportunity in between the old system coming out and the new system being delivered. We actually upgraded the entire production floor space. We chopped out the old concrete. We installed all new trench drains, better drainage, rerouted all of that plumbing to our uh, outside uh, fat box. We have a, a... collection cell through our system before it goes into the mainstream for sewer, which gives us a little ample opportunity to adjust and dilute things down for anything that has to go down the drain. So
0: the first time we talked, um, I, I thought you were the perfect person to ask the question to because of the range of systems that you've worked on from, I just noticed actually I'm using my, uh, (laughs) nice flying dog, flying dog hydro flask cup to drink out of. um, From uh Flying Dog with a semi-automated but fairly manual system to Trogues with the state of the art push a button and beer comes out. Star Trek, yeah.
1: Star (laughs) Trek brewing is what I've always called it.
0: Um to your one hundred percent uh manual back breaking system at Gearhouse. So where does your where does your new system fall in that uh spectrum so
1: it's still manually driven but we do have a lot more interface with it now uh we've got pid controllers and temperature probes that give us some of our dynamics throughout our processes so we can manually keep an eye on our mash ton temperature we can manually keep an eye separately of our boil kettle temperature our hot water temperature our cold water temperature and then also when we're ready to knock out and fill our fermenter from brew house side uh, we can monitor that all digitally and then it's all manually controlled but the system is actually very well designed, and it's a matter of valve opening and closing in different steps of the procedures.
0: So it's uh, somewhere like around the Flying Dog area,
1: or somewhere more along the lines of Flying Dog era. Uh, but they have a fifty barrel brew house, whereas yeah, we're uh... running on a fifteen. Um, and they're brewing seven days a week, usually two or three shifts a day, depending. Uh, and Trogue's was very much the same way: three shifts a week, uh, three shifts a day, five days a week, brew house side. Uh, And then packaging was running two shifts a day, five days a week as well. So staying busy when you're putting out a lot of beer.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of those things like uh, us craft beer consumers don't often think about. Like, I think so many of us think in terms of your size brewery, places that have the 10, 15 barrels and how much beer you put out, not like realizing the sheer volume of. I think people know like how much flying dogs putting out, probably like Trogues, but then. But there's the places like um, Lost Rhino that right. just sells tons of beer and right. like people like the craft beer super fans, I guess, don't like oh, yeah. think about that.
1: We have quite a few smaller ones that are actually churning out some major capacity within the state of Pennsylvania to, as well. Neshaminy Creek, South County, uh, just to name a couple. And a lot of the breweries were working on upgrades to their system or expansions to their footprint before COVID hit. And so a lot of us have had to kind of pull back and reorganize a little restructure somewhat in order to maintain sales. Hopefully we don't see many people have to dump beer, but even we at Gearhouse opted to pull beer off the shelves and from kegs that we thought was no longer premium beer. Uh, And we actually emptied those kegs into a chemical tote uh, and donated about 175 gallons of finished beer to another distillery in the state and so they were able to turn that over into hand sanitizer and distribute it to restaurants and bars as needed
0: that that's been one of those um cool like feel-good stories yes, in yes. this whole we thing like yeah. yeah the um with wineries doing that breweries doing that it's been that's been one of those cool things that's happened absolutely although maybe not quite as cool for the people who had to Get rid I mean, of it, it's but sad it's still, to see beer a... go
1: down the drain. It's better than seeing beer go down the drain, yeah. I should say. We haven't had to do that really very much, uh, but we don't we don't push anything out into our customers that we don't feel is thoroughly uh, recognized or part of our quality control standards. And you know, I honestly want to make sure every brewer out there knows: if you don't think it's great, if you don't think that you would put your name on that beer, don't sell it to your customers. You're going to fight more headache and have a lot more negative feedback, especially with social media these days. And the last thing you want to do is try and bring back, you know, a full clean uh, log of beers or, or a, a folio of beers that, you know, your customers are not feeling are your best products.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. Cause that, that amount of money you lose in dumping that beer is probably gonna be amplified by putting that out on the market. Right. In the long-term losses. In the long-term
1: especially, because once it leaves your hands, you don't necessarily have control anymore. And we've seen how some of these distributors and retailers can operate. Uh, We go and check some of our accounts, especially local around Chambersburg, to make sure that our beer is being kept cold. Uh, We don't filter or pasteurize any of our products, but we do use long-term lagering techniques. So it's more of a natural filtration Uh, but stabilization is still not present in our beer. We don't add any chemicals to, to provide stabilization. So we do try and limit our dates on everything so that, you know, we don't want anybody drinking stuff more than three or four months out. If it's a hoppy beer, we know it's not going to keep, and it's not going to be what it was originally when it went in that package. Uh, some of our other products we do know are going to last a lot longer and we'll make sure we try to educate our customers. you know, if there's no oxygen in the vessel, it's going to last for quite a long time. Dark beers tend to last for a pretty decent amount of time as well. Higher alcohol beers like barley wine, we made big ring last winter and actually submitted that beer for a state competition. It even got second place, Uh, and it's a big, bold, almost 11% beer, but it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's just going to change over time, hopefully for the better. I
0: don't know. I'm a big proponent for aging hazies. I think it's the... (laughs) the perfect beer for keeping around forever
1: oh man i've seen so many people make so many weird posts about stuff like that oh i i I, I constantly don't recommend that
0: i constantly post that now and it all stemmed from uh it was an episode with attaboy where i had i had said i can't remember what i said and so he started mocking me for keeping around and it just because like i had some older beers like not on purpose it just no, ended up it, that way. it wasn't
1: intentional you just they ended up in the fridge and other beer showed up and you you know they got pushed to the back of the line it happens in my fridge too but i try not to let it happen
0: yeah so anytime now i see you online someone talking about how old beer is i just reply that i like to age my hazies yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gonna so, create a, so, a firestorm. So
0: people probably just think I'm some sort of moron.
1: <laughs> Next thing you know, it'll just be another protest in D.C. or Frederick, just because you keep yeah. your beer too long.
0: Yeah. Right, um we're gonna take a real quick break to uh, thank our sponsors, and when we get back. Um, actually, I, w- I wanted to talk about some of the other um, breweries that you actually you mentioned in Pennsylvania. Okay. And what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of India Pale Ales, delicious fruited sours, robust porters and stouts, and crispy pilsers and lagers, Idiom Brewing Company prides themselves on continuing to innovate utilizing new and or experimental hops, local ingredients, and unique flavor profiles. Unfortunately, you can't enjoy their tap room, which is located along beautiful Carroll Creek in downtown Frederick. Thankfully, you can enjoy their delicious beer to-go and even have it delivered throughout the Frederick area. You can check out their menu options and place your order at idiombrewing.com. Make sure to follow them on social media for up-to-date options and hours during these ever-changing times. So, actually one of the places you you mentioned was South County. I mm-hmm. really like their beer. I they make the, some really good beer. But they're not they're not anywhere near you though, right? Because I haven't no, made. No. They're like more like just north of Baltimore, right?
1: Right. Yeah, they're towards the Philly area. Uh, Neshaminy Creek, I think, is on the north side up there. Uh, and then there's quite a few others. We're almost 400 breweries strong in the state, but I don't know how accurate that number is now with COVID and whether or not we lost any. Um, I had never.
0: I just recently heard of Nishimini Creek for the first time. Um, I absolutely refuse to support them at this point, though. I, oh, okay. I cannot I cannot forgive them for the hot dog beer.
1: Yeah, it's, been, it's creating a lot of hype. There's a lot of people who are strangely interested in trying that beer. I'm curious to get my hands on one can just so I can try it. And, you know, I'm happy for them that they came up <laughs> with some uh, gimmick that they could use sheets and put hot dogs into beer because, you know, why not? We put all sorts of other crazy ingredients in there.
0: When the good thing is too though, if it if it follows in line with any of the other sheets collabs, it's gonna be dirt cheap. I think it was like when I got the it was yes. the, the coffee one that they made with um uh who is that with? Rusted Rails. Uh it was like
1: Rusty Rail, yeah. It
0: was like eight dollars a four pack or something like ridiculous like that.
1: Yeah. Stupid cheap.
0: So I mean, I guess I would throw $8 away for to try a beer. Go that. Ahead.
1: Another big hyped beer that we saw in the state was the um, Hershey's Chocolate with Yingling. And that turned out to be pretty solid following for a lot of the customers that we know of. We had a lot of people asking if they could get their hands on it through us. And we don't normally carry that beer. But when we're back to open for service, we have been contemplating trying to get a keg or two. Because it's not something I would prefer to make, but it is something that our customers have asked for.
0: I was kind of expecting a little more chocolate out of it. So it was, it's, it was sort of a, a letdown a when amount. I tried it, but it, I mean, it wasn't bad by any means.
1: No, not by any means. Um, it is a little sweet to my liking, but there's a lot of people who prefer their beer that way.
0: I mean, I would, I would really hope that they wouldn't put out the, like we're talking about the hot dog beer, a beer that's just straight up disgusting. <laughs> Like I would, (laughs) I would assume that they've done something to make it drinkable. I would assume so
1: as well. That's to my comment that I said earlier, you know, we're not going to, we're not out here to make any kind of beer just because we can make it. We want to make a beer that our customers want. Once in a while, we might find a fun way to do something different, especially as a collaboration and bring other people into the fold of the industry. But it also helps us in, in the industry as well. You know, Sheets is probably making market space on any any of their stores within the state that sell beer specifically to carry that, so they can market it for themselves as well.
0: I just loved it from the standpoint of um, on one of the covers from our magazine. We had that quote from um, that we had from Mark at Adroid Theory, where mm-hmm. I think we. I think we were just talking about all the weird ingredients he used, and his quote was, "I'd even, I'd put, I'd use hot dogs and beer if I had to." So, wait, wait, I don't timing like, is everything, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that, but that was like two years ago, I think. Right. I, yeah. So, I mean, he was a trailblazer. He just didn't do it.
1: <laughs> well, we were we were doing stuff like that when we were when I was at Flying Dog. Uh, Raging Bitch was being brought into market while I was there. Uh, we had started making firkins in different one off versions that included mangoes and habaneros, and then one thing led to another, and then Pearl Necklace was born as the oyster stout that kind of replaced Road Dog. Road Dog came back as a throwback throwback brand for them, uh, and their portfolio has been pretty solid and pretty strong. Um, but you know, they're they're all about that kind of stuff, and other people are not necessarily.
0: Was was Raging Bitch the first Belgian IPA? Yes. Okay, I thought so. And then, like, all of a sudden, it, that became all the rage. Kind of, kind of the of...
1: first recognized Belgian, as a recognized uh, style, Belgian style IPA, yes.
0: I actually, I popped up uh, at a, I think it was an Instagram memory or whatever Instagram calls it, where I had tried one that was six years old. Oh, which, no. now, so, and it was funny, it, when it was about five years old, I had added uh, Matt Brophy. Anyway, doesn't know he's the Chief Operation Officer's if raging bitch would age well and he's like it's like I don't know let me know when you try it cuz I'm not sure <laughs> what's going to happen it was actually it was really really good
1: i'm sure it was very different than what it oh,
0: com- was. oh 100% yeah. different but it was really good and it was one of the original bottles too one of the oh, bo- wow. it was one of the corked and caged wait were those corked and caged i don't know it was uh, one again, of the bomb been,
1: yeah the first bombers were corked and caged yeah, yeah cuz
0: it was it was the one that came it came in the um cylinder with the little Poster with it and the two glasses.
1: If I try hard enough, I probably remember the day we were bottling all of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was when it was about a little over six years old. I cracked one of those open, and I was surprised at how good it was.
1: Well, that yeast profile is definitely going to stick around. The hops are going to be degraded, and it's going to give kind of a cheesy off note. There might be some crystal caramel carryover from oxidation, perhaps as well. The cork wasn't kept wet, or if it dried out at some point in time. Uh, some oxygen may have gotten in the bottle but the yeast is gonna for the most part keep that fairly safe Uh, but again the flavor is not going to be what it originally was
0: yeah it was it was very different but there weren't any um off flavors that's good it didn't pick up any and i it was in a refrigerator the entire time and okay yeah so i'm sure that
1: uh, that makes it helped a lot at least it wasn't getting warm and going back to cold again.
0: Yeah, it was. It was in my kegerator the its entire life cycle, so it it stayed protected.
1: Somebody needs to clean their kegerator more frequently.
0: <laughs> well, that I mean that ended up becoming intentional, like as it was. Okay. Actually, it was sitting in the back with some mad elf and a a okay. cup. It was like it, uh, yeah. i have a library at mad elf as well um, so it was like you know just a couple of those beers that i thought would be cool to just see what happens when they sit around for a long time so the
1: it's always fun yeah
0: when when did you say your first canning run was
1: uh first canning run was back in december of 2019 uh we canned Mad Machinist, Ninja Boots, and Canary in the Coal Mine is our Blondale, kind of our original flagship. Uh, most everybody who comes to Gearhouse for the first time usually tries Canary as one of their first beers, until we know what style they're pretty to or partial to, uh, and then we try to make a full spectrum of all all different kinds. Um, we have a couple of lagers on, we have a couple of porters on, we have a couple of stouts on, uh, the barley wine that I mentioned earlier. We have another run of Mad Machinist that I'm actually going to be transferring to Bright Tank when we're done today. And that'll be canning very soon and available uh, June 13th. And then we have uh, some new stuff that I just showed, or will show. Uh, This is one of our collaborations that we did with another uh, Pennsylvania brewery, Rough Edges. Uh, The artwork was done by a local artist and then donated to us. And then the rest of the can label was actually designed in-house by one of our staff. Uh, And Rough Edges just opened in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, for anybody who does not know them. So this is a fruited sour ale. I'm trying to keep it in the camera here. Uh, Brewed with blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, raspberries. Only about 15 IBUs. Uh, We used a limited quantity of Amarillo just to give it a little bit of a hop character. Uh, But the rest of this is a purple pouring, slightly tart fruits of the forest. And it has been wildly popular since it released this past week
0: how is there a lot of that
1: um i just did a count this morning and if you give me one second i have approximately 249 six packs left
0: okay so yeah it'll
1: stay for a little while how
0: soon does mad machinist come out in cans
1: uh we will be doing another run and it'll be a new label we're colorizing the label from the original run uh, and we're canning that june 10th it'll release june 13th
0: that sounds like a trip
1: And that's our double IPA for anybody who's not aware. It's 8%. It is
0: is good. That is a really good beer.
1: Very, very hoppy. Uh, Decent amount of bitterness to it, too. It usually hovers around 70, 75 IBUs. It's not a strong lingering bitterness, though. We use Warrior, so it's generally pretty clean. Adds a little bit of grapefruit zest note. And then that beer actually uses a multitude of other hops, Centennial, Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Vic Secret as well.
0: See, it's crazy. I like that yeah. beer so much because I hate Idaho Seven. I guess it, that's,
1: I've been very partial to Idaho Seven, but I think it's one of those that wants to be blended with a couple other different things.
0: Yeah, I think that's a problem. I hate beer like where Idaho Seven is the um the market, the show time hop or whatever the showcase. And, yeah, yeah, the showcase. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. <laughs> alright we're gonna take um another quick sponsor break, and when we get back. I have a couple questions on how exactly you guys are able to operate now so I can plan my trip to get some Mad Machines. Yeah, then. we have
1: some great updates for that too. So this is good timing.
0: Awesome. And, and who knows, it'll probably change again in another week or two for <laughs> the, the better, hopefully.
1: Going up here, yeah, it's entirely possible.
0: Uh, so we will be right back. The NCAP Podcast is brought to you by District East. A lot of Friday and Saturday afternoons, you'll find me at District East for their weekly beer tastings. District East is part of the local beer community, and they get limited releases and exclusive beers that are hard to find anyplace else. This is why I chose District East for the release of my collaboration beers. One of my favorite things to do at District East is building a custom six-pack. With over 900 beers on their shelves and new beers every week, District East is a great place to find beers I love and to discover new and hard-to-find ones. They also have eight beers on tap for Crowler and Growler fills, and they have kegs to go. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Vanish Farmwoods Brewery. Vanish is a brewery and entertainment complex located on a 62-acre hops and apple farm in Luckett's, Virginia. Just 20 minutes from Frederick, Maryland and Leesburg, Virginia. With over 20 beers on tap, a selection of wines and ciders, along with multiple food options, there is something for everyone. Vanish has live music on Saturdays and Sundays and a wide variety of special events. Go to VanishBeer.com for information on everything they have to offer. All right, so actually, though, I know you um, you had some, you can show me some of the beer. Uh, so yeah. why don't we, Let's first let's talk about um, some of the other beers you have out right okay. now that you just recently canned.
1: So this is Lovesick that we just showed. This is the beautiful purple hue, white, bright white foam. Again, tart, lots of berry flavors, and you can get all four of the berries in there. Uh, it's a very easy drinking beer, and this is available in 12-ounce cans in six-packs. Uh, we are also doing single cans uh, for uh, to go as well as soon-to-be outdoor consumption.
0: In, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. What was the other beer that just came out?
1: Uh, two others that just came out. We have Petal Like Hellas.
0: That's the one I was trying to think of.
1: So this is our Hellas Lager. It's a 5.1%. Cyclist is getting chased by the Roadrunner because we thought that was just funny. <laughs> uh, 5% ABV, 16-ounce cans. Uh, we just released this one as well this past weekend, and it has been wildly popular as well. Uh, everybody wants a solid lawnmower beer, or if you're cleaning out the garage and you just need something to wet your whistle... This is that beer. Uh, and then the other thing that we did, it's kind of another pseudo collaboration. Uh, we have a food truck friend of ours who's one of our mug club members as well. Uh, he goes by the name of Pulley Whistle Provisions, and he is an outstanding barbecue master. Uh, he's got four different smokers on the back of his trailer, and he makes some really fantastic barbecue in all different styles. Uh, what we did with him is Porter's Porter. Uh, This is a summer weight style Porter. So it's thinner, but still a dark beer. 6.4% has all of that chocolate, little hints of roast and toast note to it. uh, But it's not going to be super weighty and sit heavy in your stomach. Uh, And we named this after his chocolate lab, who's also named Porter. And we even managed to incorporate him on the label. Oh,
0: nice. Are you in the grilling at all?
1: Uh, I grill at home. Yeah, I'm not a grill master by any means, but I do enjoy flipping some flipping some meat on the barbecue when I can.
0: I I made a beer can chicken for the first time. Mm -hmm. Those are tasty. Last weekend, the weekend before, it it was so good. I used um, an old maple porter stout or smoked maple stout from Old Mother. It turned out amazing. So now I'm all about beer can chicken. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I didn't um, – someone told me I should let the – like pour the some of the beer out into the pan and let yep. it combine with the chicken juices and then reduce that afterwards as a sauce. So exactly, I'm, I'm yeah. going to do that. I didn't do that, so I'm going to do that for the next time. Um, and then
1: you always leave a little still in the can. So as the can heats up, the beer inside starts to boil, and that steams from the inside of the bird too because it's should yeah. be inside the can.
0: So in another – now we'll just, this is a cooking show – <laughs> um, an- another tip, I, cause I I research stuff way too much ahead of time, so I watched several YouTube videos about making beer canned chicken, and a guy did an experiment with um boiling water, uh beer, and I think no can at all, nothing in the can. Okay. And it takes substantially longer. Although I think the it would be stupid to take a cold beer to use right um, but yeah. so much in- so i just set the beer out in the sun for a while ahead of time and i measured it was like 107 degrees before i used it so it cooked way faster right. than um other ones so i think it like it boiled faster and also put some of the maple flavor in a little more quickly Right.
1: yeah it's going to steam it up into the bird yeah
0: so those are the uncapped cooking tips for the week
1: so some of the other things that we're going to be canning here with Mad Machinist, actually, I have two other samples, and Mad Machinist, for anybody who hasn't seen what it looks like, is beautiful amber orangey color, uh, heavy, heavy notes of grapefruit, pine, zest, and dank uh, from the Centennial, Idaho 7, Mosaic, and Vic Secret hops that are both in the Whirlpool as well as a dry hop. So this is a very aromatic and hop-forward double IPA. And
0: um, you have... Um you have really cool Mad Machinist glassware that I yes, saw for I sale on your website.
1: Have, it is for sale on our website and I don't have one here right now to show you, but gearhousebrewingco.com. We do have an online portal. All of our merch can be ordered online. We are working on being able to ship things out. We're trying to get our account set up for so our flat rate shipping will be provided. And then once our portal is completely up to date, you'll be able to actually pay your shipping ahead of time. We'll box it up and have it in the mail to you as soon as possible.
0: Oh, I need to. Um, I'm guessing you probably didn't have machine Mad Machinist on the list for uh, people to place orders to distribute distribution, right?
1: Um, I believe it will be on the list, but it's uh, because we've been at half capacity and we're starting to ramp back up again. It's only going to be a half batch, and we will, oh, okay. we will be canning the whole thing, so there won't be any kegs available on site.
0: But um, oh, so are you are you sending cans or just kegs into Maryland?
1: It'll be cans okay. to start. Kegs for anybody, for accounts that we're allowed to, that are interested in kegs, but specifically that beer and these other two that I'm going to show you are cans only.
0: So so potentially I could just go to District East to pick up my Mad Machinist. Instead. Yeah. Although, I don't know, the pretzels are really good at... <laughs> Your house and then
1: <laughs> new york city just reopened so we have pretzels again so that we don't make those pretzels in-house they're made by another company in york and we have been with them from day one and everybody loves those pretzels they're bavarian style footlong stick pretzels uh we make our own house beer cheese that goes with those or uh stone ground mustard is also a favorite all
0: right yeah i just need to stop being get lazy and just drive out there again
1: it's Maybe... only an hour for you
0: it's not even an hour it's like it's like forty five minutes to get there or something. Like it, it's not bad at all. Even better. Maybe I'd, so, I'll just get uh, um. Our, I'll get Johnny to come out with me.
1: There you go. Yeah, he always needs a reason. Yeah. So also in our lineup, uh, another purple, more mauve colored beer, uh, bright white head, but it's starting to go flat on me because the sample was pulled a little bit ago. Uh, this is Brosé, B-R-O-S capitals and then a little e. That's punny. Uh, label is. <laughs> the label is gorgeous and funny, uh, but this is a wine hybrid beer. So we made a heavy IPA, nine percent ABV. Uh, the hops are Galaxy and Eucanot, and then with that in fermentation, we actually spiked the fermentation with excuse me <laughs> with some uh, Cabernet Franc and Syrah wine grape must. So we, that's where the color comes from. And then there's an earthier wine note. So it's very similar to like a rose, but an IPA.
0: That's really interesting.
1: And tasty, we're looking forward to that one too. Uh, and then last, because we are only allowed in Pennsylvania to sell our own products to go, uh, we've had a lot of requests for gluten-free options and people are very curious about buying spirits or cider from us and we're just not able to do that currently. Uh, But we did go ahead and make our own hard seltzer. Uh, And again, this is another one I'm going to be transferring today. Uh, Giggle Water is the name of it. This is version (laughs) 3.0. This is pure water and dextrose. There is no grain involved. There are no hops involved. Uh, And then fermented with strawberry and lemon juice. So strawberry puree, lemon juice to come off like a strawberry lemonade. Uh, and we will have that canned as well and available on site. And it's a five percent ABV, really easy drinker.
0: When's that one come out?
1: June thirteenth.
0: Okay, so that I can come out get some Mad Machinist in that purely for the name.
1: Oh you, yes, you purely. Ab- for
0: Before then, I thought Attaboy did a great job with Basic Boy but giggle juice wins Giggle water, (laughs) or giggle water. Sorry.
1: Giggle water. uh, If you do a little research, actually, there was pre prohibition era, uh, some hard seltzers that were being made by breweries at the time. Uh, There wasn't a lot of legal regulation involved with those, but they were popular amongst the public. So hard seltzer was a thing before prohibition. And a lot of people had referred to it as giggle water because it poured like water, but it made them silly with alcohol.
0: That, and that is your history lesson for the week. (laughs) <laughs> See, we cover all the bases here: <laughs> cooking,
1: beer, I, food.
0: That's funny. I actually, I had, um, I had no idea that Hard Seltzer had a long history. I thought that was a new, new invention.
1: Yeah, no, it's not as new as a lot of people think it is. But I, we will be making some other flavors in the future. Uh, I plan on making a cherry limeade version, probably very soon. So look for that, probably towards the end of the summer, while it's still nice and hot. We'll probably have that flavor out then.
0: It's hilarious, Giggle Water. I I don't even like seltzer, but I'm definitely getting some of that purely for the name.
1: It's really good. Um, We've been tasting and trying a lot of seltzers in the market just on our own in order to compare and contrast and try and find something that was close to what we wanted to produce. Um, We found a lot of them we weren't really fond of. They generally had a typical medicinal kind of finish. Um, We're not sure if that was a particular type of ingredient, perhaps concentrate or something else. Uh, but it was definitely something that kind of lingered across the board for the most part. Uh, so we wanted to make something that was tried and true and as fresh as we possibly could come up with. Uh, so we got all the fruit puree actually from Araza, which is based in Hagerstown. Um, they produce fruits for aseptic puree in food and beverage industry across all markets. Uh, we can run down there and pick up pick up our order instead of having it shipped to us. And we can directly add that into our secondary or in primary fermentation, depending on the beer and still provide that quality of flavor without having to process that much fruit in house, especially with this large system.
0: We actually had, um, him on as a guest a little while ago. Excellent. He w- he came on when, um, we had a woman Brooke, Her name is Brooke bashes by Brooke. She came on to teach how to make cocktails Mm. um and i got and i got yelled at by graham uh, my producer because i had her uh she made a smoked cocktail um so the room was filled with smoke and he got all upset about it i thought it smelled delicious and it was awesome and i thought it made good um video
1: yeah i'm sure it was really interesting to watch
0: (laughs) yeah because it's like she has this big dome dome. and then there's like a incense burning thing kind of and it just fills the dome up with the with the smoke it's pretty cool. And it was an absolutely delicious cocktail.
1: So interesting that you should mention that our bar manager right before everything went to hell, um, had been experimenting and working with making uh, cocktail ice balls, but the ball of the ice was completely hollow inside. And he was actually spilling those with different kinds of, t- of smoke, mostly like tobacco smoke, but sometimes he would smoke other things. Uh, and then capture that smoke inside the ice ball dribble a little water on the hole and then stick it back in the freezer so it stayed that way uh, until somebody ordered that cocktail and then that specifically was tonged into the glass, the spirit poured over the top and then what he could do is with a small little brass hammer and a small little spike, he'd just tack, tap on that ice ice ball until it exploded and then you'd see all the smoke come billowing out of the glass and sinking down around on the table around it. That's amazing. It beautiful to watch. Yeah. That
0: so cool. That's so cool all right i need to come have that happen too
1: well cocktails are not going to be a thing for a while for us you had mentioned uh, curious about how our operations have been uh we have been open for the most part seven days a week since covid hit uh but we have only been open for to go sales Uh, with that as i mentioned earlier we've been allowed to deliver beer to customers as well so we were providing free delivery service for a minimum thirty dollar beer purchase Uh, And then we were scheduling certain days of the week to drive around our footprint within about a 30, 35 mile radius of Gearhouse in order to provide distribution and delivery for consumers directly, as well as those accounts that are still selling beer to their consumers. So we were able to get some beer into their hands as well and keep them running, at least with Gearhouse.
0: So are you allowed to do outdoor seating now or has Pennsylvania not gone into that yet?
1: So most of Pennsylvania, as of this past Friday, uh, the 29th of May, uh, went into yellow slash green. Uh, It's a little confusing because yellow phase does not allow us to sell on site. We can still be open for curbside pickup to go, Uh, but we are supposed to be going into green, theoretical green, uh, this coming Friday, which does allow us to sell outside service. So we're working on setting up all of our outside patio tables and spreading out our grassy spaces so that people can still order either online or in person. Uh, They stay seated at their table outside. We'll bring everything to them. Uh, If they want to purchase beer, they can do that. And then they're allowed to consume that in certain locations. But in theory, outside only. Uh, Customers will only be allowed to come inside to use restroom facilities. And then they have to go right back out. Uh, we're going to have to request that everybody keep a mask on unless they're seated at their table. Uh, table units are going to be limited to household family members up to four without any kind of special permission. Uh, but if you have a larger household than that, then you know obviously we understand some families are bigger, some are smaller. We will accommodate as best as we can, but we do have to be cautious and try and maintain social distancing so everybody feels comfortable and safe.
0: Is that a is and that, that begins a... on Friday? Is that a state regulation where can it only be tables by four?
1: Uh that's something is- that came down from our governor. Yes, uh, over the weekend and late last week. So they're they're still working on overhauling guidances and getting information out to everybody. Uh, we're unfortunately not only dealing with just the governor's office, but also our liquor control board, who provides yeah. our manufacturing license to us. So they have made some of their own. Uh, guidelines i should say uh, and we have to make sure that we abide by them as much as possible so we don't put our license at risk
0: yeah i think here it's like tables of eight is the limit
1: yeah it's it's fluctuating state to state um uh, they're saying four to six really right now for okay. pennsylvania so i i think four is kind of just the magic number for most households but i know that's not all of them
0: i was gonna uh, say i mean i could rattle off a list of a bunch of people i know that have <laughs> families of five and six yeah i would not want a family that large but plenty of people do
1: to each their own but we will do the best we can to accommodate um unfortunately it's going to be a little tough because we only have so many tables and people are going to want to come and sit and hang out and enjoy themselves and get out of the house and have a different experience that they've had than they've had for the last few months now uh but we're going to ask everybody to please be patient be kind Uh, understand that you're probably not the only people who want to be here at GearHouse and enjoying yourselves outside and the weather and the beer and the food. Uh, So remember to keep your other uh, citizens in mind and make sure that the rest of your community gets a chance to come and enjoy themselves as well.
0: Yeah. I was happy to hear the couple people I talked to um, down here today since uh, Friday was the first day that um, outdoor seating was allowed there were right. very few incidents of um, people being disrespectful or fighting Good. and arguing with the um, regulations they have to follow. Cause they, I mean, it's not like it, it's such a waste of time. I don't know why well, you would want to give yeah. a server a hard time about a decision that the governor has made. That right. server is pretty far removed away from the people who are dictating. And not only that
1: they're, They're just trying to do their thing and get by and get home and be with their family and make what money they need to make in order to pay their own bills and everything too. We're all in this, in the same boat. It's just different angles and different perspectives. And we just, we have to be mindful and and keep each other in mind as well. We're not just trying to save ourselves.
0: Everyone just please be nice to the people working at restaurants and breweries. They, they are not, if you, whether you agree with or disagree with, the rules or what has to be done they are so far from the person who has dictated them and they're just right. trying and to unfortunately, protect me
1: depending on where you are those rules are not just guidelines but actual rules and yeah. if you don't follow them and you're caught not following them then you risk being shut down in some cases
0: yeah And so no one want no one sure. wants
1: that nobody nobody wants to see that trust me everybody's already been really really nervous about how long they were going to be able to stay open or even continue business um as I mentioned earlier we're almost 400 operating breweries in the state of PA and we've heard rumors of a few breweries that may not be reopening. Um but I'm not positive so I don't want to say anybody out loud.
0: Yeah, I think it was it was a little harder for you guys to operate in Pennsylvania than it was in Maryland, I think, wasn't it? Right.
1: Wasn't it? Right. Um when we were open open for normal service, our license is actually pretty awesome. We're allowed to sell anything that's made in the state of Pennsylvania. So we had a full bar, effectively, without an R license or a restaurant license, uh, but we could carry Pennsylvania spirits and make cocktails. We could carry Pennsylvania ciders and wines and pour those for customers. And then the beer that we were producing, but we could also get other outside beers from breweries in the state. We did fun uh, different venues where we had April sours bring May, or April showers bring May sours, uh, and we were scheduled to do a, a sour event as well as a hazy IPA event earlier this year and both of those were canceled because we're just not able to sell in that capacity for to go. So the rules are what they are, but unfortunately we were only allowed to sell our beer during this time frame. So we're still going strong. We still have beer, but we're working on ramping production back up here soon in the next couple of weeks and being prepared for on-site consumption and service both indoors and out as we go into green, 50% capacity is unfortunately our, our number right now once we're in green. So we'll have to uh, work with all of our staff, work with all of our consumers, and make sure that everybody is comfortable and has spread out enough and has enough time to come and enjoy a nice meal with their family, have a beer with some friends, uh, otherwise maintaining social distancing, trying to wear your mask if you're not seated at your table, and then go about your day.
0: How, how is it in the local area there? Have cases been dropping steadily? And Because I just saw like the recent reports like in Frederick County definitely and throughout Maryland, we're on a very good trajectory of, of um, squashing new cases.
1: So I'm not fully versed on what today's numbers are. I did hear over the weekend that we had been going down around Franklin County. Uh, however, with kind of some of the relaxation of the stay-at-home order since then, Uh, there's a lot of people who are presuming and expecting another spike to go up. Mm -hmm. So Franklin County, we around Chambersburg actually had a particularly high number and we were in some of the New York times lists as like super high areas. Most of that is due to the fact that our, our population concentration is fairly small in comparison to the number of cases that were testing positive, as well as the number of deaths that we were getting uh, reported within our area. Uh, But some of that was, not necessarily a human being's fault or um, specifically any one entity. Uh, It was kind of a bumbling of a few different things. We had some uh, excess quarantine people that were kind of shifted around and moved into some retirement communities and nursing homes, but they weren't actually being quarantined from the rest of the residents. And we had some other issues where we have some more lower income housing uh, we have families that are kind of in tighter spaces and larger numbers. And so distancing is not even effective for them. And it's kind of run rampant through those communities.
0: Okay. Well, I look forward to um, June 13th now uh, because I want to get some Mad Machinist. What was some it? brosé and, and yeah. some giggle water. Yes. I, and I want some, I, I need to get some loves. Do you think lovesick will be around still by then? Well, or? I'll save you a six okay. Don't worry. Because I'll all, set four things. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm buying a whole bunch of stuff while I'm out there. That's and, okay. And a pretzel. Definitely a pretzel. A pretzel. <laughs> um, I I really like that artwork on um, the Petal Like That's a cool... Oh,
1: yeah, that's fantastic. Um, some people may remember we had a, a hazy IPA that we had canned actually in April. It's all gone now, unfortunately. Uh, it was a collaboration with Pizza Boy. Uh, we are hoping to brew that again in the future, but there's certain hop that we can't easily get our hands on uh, in order to make that beer. So once I have enough in-house quantity-wise, we'll make it again. Hop Hopfixiated had been ex- especially popular, uh, so we kind of borrowed that same individual. He's got the same bike, but then we've kind of <laughs> changed some of the layout a little bit so he's definitely sweating and he's got his tongue hanging out and he's pedaling as fast as he can because that roadrunner's just right on his tail
0: i'm uh i'm finally going to put the effort into getting back onto my bike after oh actually i think it's been close to two years now since i had knee surgery and kind of yeah that's a tough one hung them up for a while actually i i was at uh they were they were we moved during all this um and during the move all my bikes were stored at tom's house in his big garage so i actually went to retrieve my bikes over the weekend so that i can tune them up and uh get them ready to start riding again
1: Yeah, yeah. My wife found uh, an adult Schwinn tricycle, and she's planning on using that to deliver beer (laughs) hyper-local from the building. Uh, We have a few customers who actually live nearby, uh, including my wife and I. We live very close to the building, so we could throw a cooler in the back of that, fill it up with some beer, and literally ride it over to somebody's house and deliver it in person that way. Uh, As long as we have our decals and our license number per the state, that's entirely legal. Uh, And we have a delivery vehicle that we purchased as well. So we can run kegs and cans where we need to.
0: Did you know that it's close to impossible to buy a bike right now?
1: Yes, I saw that actually. Uh, I read that article over the weekend. Bikes are now uh, dwindling in numbers. So
0: like I was going to buy my eldest daughter a new bike because she's like on the cusp of needing the next size up. Um, And I was talking to, uh, so another career you had at one point, well, I guess it wasn't a career, it was a your side mostly a career okay. yeah, no, it was, um, for a good long time you you worked at our mutual friends uh bike shop that bicycle at the bicycle escape, escape. Um, hi
1: rankers we miss you guys
0: so i i had called tom at the bicycle and i told him what i wanted they had a silver one and a black one and then my daughter got in trouble, so I told her she had to wait. But it was like two, like three days later, I was like, "Hey, she likes a silver Still one. It. I'll, I'll take it." Nope, he's like, yuck. "Yeah, they're both gone, and I can't get any new ones until October." <laughs> like, right. "Oh, okay. Well, guess you're uh, you're running that bike for a while." Yeah. But Man, yeah, he's it's had only
1: October. It's only a few months. So. Yeah,
0: he's had people drive from New Jersey to get a bike because it was the closest yeah. place that had what they wanted in stock.
1: Yeah. I I definitely can see that. Uh, My only suggestion might be uh, look into your Facebook marketplace and see if there's a family who's also trying to upgrade a bike for one of their children perhaps, or uh, eBay is also an option.
0: But it's just, it's, I'm looking forward to when this is all over for many reasons. Um, Yeah, lots of reasons. But one of them is to read the studies or listen to some kind of in-depth study of, the economics of this because they are really weird the things that yeah the things that sold out and you can't possibly buy the like who's done really well who's done bad it's like it's so weird like i never would have thought that bikes would be something that you that would just be completely impossible to purchase
1: well, people are bored and they're looking for things to do. Families want to do stuff together when at all possible. And if everybody knows how to ride a bike or they're big enough and old enough to start learning how to ride a bike, that's uh, a great way to spend family time together and be outside and enjoy the weather and the summer as it starts.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that like that's part of the reason we're too, is like, Where we move, there are some real safe trails to just hop right onto where it's even safe for our four-year-old to bike with us. So we're going to start taking family bike rides.
1: Good, good. Best way to spend time.
0: Um, Other than going to Gear House to stock up on. Well, you ride your
1: bike in order to earn your calories back so that you consume your liquid calories and maybe your pretzel calories. Yeah,
0: earn that pretzel.
1: (laughs) Earn it, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I know you are an extremely busy man. Um, so I don't want to hold you up any longer. I really appreciate you giving me the time in between brewing and all the other things you have to do to run a brewery. Um, Happy to. so it was, it was great catching up and hopefully I'll see you on the 13th or abouts. Then I'll try to, abouts
1: then. I'll make of... sure I set aside beers for you. So they're already here. awesome.
0: And I'll, uh, I'll Make sure I come out when you're there so I can say hi. It's actually, it hasn't been all that long. I mean, no,
1: last time I saw you wasn't that far ago. Yeah, it was, ago. was
0: that some kind of brewery event. I can't remember what it was now, I'm sure. Yeah, it was uh, idiom. <laughs> That's right, yeah. it was that idioms uh part. Actually, at this point, that was a really long time ago.
1: Yeah, it does, it is longer ago than I thought it was, yeah. but that was and, back in February. Yeah,
0: was it only. For, I don't know. Because I, I had know. just
1: come back from vacation. We had gone to Palm Springs, California, and we yeah. were literally on our way back from the airport that night. We stopped to have a beer and dinner.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And cheers. Thanks,
1: guys. Cheers. Salud. Dinero y amor.
0: And everyone who's listening, um, I, so I guess the, most of our listeners are in Maryland, so... They can go to, and we're not even going to say go to Herrickstown, go to District East. Um, go we'll, to
1: District East. We'll get our beer there as soon as we can. We're working on it.
0: It's, and you you heard that possibly first. I don't know. Who knows when this will come out. Um, but at some point around the time of when this episode come out, can, comes out, you'll be able to get uh, Gearhouse beer at District East.
1: Fingers crossed. It should be there by then.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Cheers.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks again.
0: Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their Matchstick Bourbon and Bootjack Rye Whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information.